Ayo, welcome in to CHGO White Sox Post Game Show presented by P- Points Bet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. It's a remote post game show here. I am Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me to recap this game is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Herb, you got to love when I immediately start screwing up the points bet read, the first thing that I am supposed to do. Uh, so that was always good to, uh, you know, get, get off the, the bat just making mistakes left and right. I feel good. I feel like it's, the White Sox tonight. It's all good. You got your guy, uh, Oz Jr., my man's Oz Jr. in the house. Great intro. We appreciate that, Ozzy Jr. But, Sean, I mean, I know we're going to, we have a structured show and we want to talk about things in order. But I don't know if you guys have parents that told you, when you're a kid, like sometimes there's going to be people who are tougher than you, stronger, better, faster, smarter. That's the realization that I got today that the Yankees are just better than the White Sox. After a while, like getting mad about it is, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm going to find a way. But after a while, it's just like, yeah, at that seven inning or seven run eighth inning, I was like, you know, this is how it should go. Well, and it's it's funny because we talk about all the time of the White Sox wanting to be the smartest organization. And we got Vibe Runner saying, how does this keep happening? And Jake saying, why do we support this team? And I find it so funny that in the eighth inning, that seven run eighth inning that you mentioned, the White Sox lose 15 to seven, by the way. I feel like we should mention that they fall to 15 and 15 on the year. But in that seventh or eighth inning, when they they have Joe Kelly on the mound, Gleyber Torres comes up, out comes Ethan Katz, and they come and talk to Joe Kelly. And the game plan is throw curveballs to Gliber Torres, apparently, because Joe Kelly can't locate his curveball at all. And it just feels so stupid that they're pitching around or not attacking Gliber Torres, who's coming cold off the bench. And you see what it leads to. You see Josh Donaldson hitting a home run. He's done that to you before because he just played with Minnesota and saw all your pitching. And you know what? Aaron Judge has seen you so many damn times. He's seen you so many damn times, and he's hurt you every single time. He's played 17 games against the White Sox. He has eight home runs against the White Sox. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I think there was some some brought to some oh, stat God. that Stoney said 13 RBIs, I think it was, in the past eight games against the White Sox. That's ridiculous. I don't understand why we're afraid of Gliber Torres coming cold off the bench, but Aaron Judge is the guy we picked to choose to pitch to. Giancarlo Stanton is the guy we pitched to cho- pick to choose to pitch, choose to pick to pitch to. Jesus. Uh, it, it's brutal, Herb. I, do, I don't understand it. It's, the, it's less the matchups, too. It's less Joe Kelly versus, uh, you know, Stanton or Judge here. Uh, you know, I know some people were upset at the matchups, but, you know, Tanner Banks versus Giancarlo Stanton, like that made any sense. It's it's just it's brutal. I, I don't understand even the thought process of how they're pitching to each, to these people. What is the scouting report? Tanny always said with Jason Kubel, it's just a blank sheet. Sometimes it feels this way with Stanton and Judge. Yeah, and you said it right there. You have Joe Kelly, who everybody can see. He's trying to locate that curveball, and the ump's not giving it to him because it's off the plate. And the Yankees and Gliber Torres They have this plan to not swing at balls, not chase. They are really good at it, even though, you know, Dylan C struck out a bunch of dudes and they, the Yankees struck out a bunch of times. They're not striking out on balls that are outside the zone. And he was spitting on a couple filthy curve balls that weren't in the strike zone, but just below it. And so, yeah, he walked three people after he walked the third person. I was like, "Mm, you know, maybe go and get him. Right. Go and get him. He's not, maybe it's not his night. Cool. And the first ball that was hit was a rocket shot to Larry Garcia mm-hmm. that Joe Kelly started off. So we're all about the process. The results were terrible. But what was the process of getting a person out when you had those two outs? 
in hand and going after a guy who had uh, had a bat at that point. Yeah, and he ends up throwing six curveballs, six out of seven curveballs, two Torres. He throws one sinker, and yet you see Giancarlo Stanton see eight fastballs. He had an average as exit velocity on those fastballs of 109. Do you know what? Maybe you shouldn't throw that guy a damn fastball. Let's look at Aaron Judge. You wonder what Aaron Judge did against the fastball? He saw 11 fastballs. He put two of them in play, and there's an average exit velocity of 107. That's not a hard hit ball. That's not a smoked ball. That's tearing the cover off the ball. That's what those two guys did you, to you twice. And I don't understand the thought process to pitching behind them. And, and we're, we're getting away from where we wanted to start with, which was Dylan Cease. But I, I want to just end this part of the discussion because we'll obviously pick it up again a yeah. little bit later. But it's just frustrating to see. I, I don't even know if this is managerial moves. I don't know if you feel that way, but it just feels like bad baseball is what killed the Sox tonight again. Yeah, the offense showed up. You got to have a plan against these guys. You understand that the Yankees are not missing balls. They're getting them. They're getting them and they're crushing them. So walks breathe life into an offense. I don't know when the Dylan Cease thing we'll get into a little bit more. The second uh, plate appearance by John Carlos Stanton. It looked like Yasmani won the elevated fastball, a fastball out of the zone. So he would flail at it. Nope. Middle, middle. What do you expect? You know, you miss location. I'm sure, you know, everybody messes up and he missed location there. And that's the wrong person to do it against. So, yeah, it's really tough, really tough to realize, to come to this realization. And I know it's only one game and it only counts as one loss. But the last seven games have not been kind to the White Sox. All but the corn game, the White Sox have (laughs) been have have lost. Most of those games, the White Sox have been competitive in this one. For the most part, except for the comeback, they weren't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird because I'd say that they'd be competitive. I'd say that Dylan Cease had a competitive competitive start, but you know, the stat line and what the the, the end result tells you might be a little bit different. Uh, we got Stephen Nicholas producing us tonight. You got uh, something to chime in here, yeah, guys? You want to know how bad the signs of the times are right now? We have mm-hmm. David Snyder in our comments asking for Robin Ventura out of retirement. Well, Herb would love good. that. I'm, I'm I'm Herb would love it. Yeah, and he's but... a, he's a newly educated man. You damn right. He got his uh, degree from Oklahoma State University. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, was a, he was a bad manager, but he was undefeated as a player. We have uh, <laughs> we have Robin Ventura mentions. We have Ozzy Guillen mentions. I mean, yeah, everyone Ozzie... wants a new manager. I don't think that was the problem today. There was some questionable calls, but you give up 15 runs. What do you expect? Well, and I think that's something, too. James Fox said this well. Like, I mean, you paid $7 million for Joe Kelly. Of course you're going to use him in the eighth inning. Guys have to go out and perform. Joe Kelly walked four guys. That's the yep. issue right there. It's execution Agreed. on him. I think that, you know, Cease, you could may- maybe say that it's a little bit of execution why he failed today, but I wouldn't even say that using the word fail – is a little bit too harsh. I think the White Sox failed offensively, and it's funny to say that because they scored seven runs, which is a miracle for this offense, but I feel like they failed. You look at Luis Gill compared to Dylan Cease tonight, Luis Gill wasn't much better than Dylan Cease. That's a two-pitch pitcher right there that the White Sox couldn't figure out. He's throwing fastballs 60% of the time, and here's Jose Abreu able to do nothing with these fastballs. I mean, Tim Anderson going Mm. up against Luis Gill's Mm. fastballs 
I mean, that's concerning right there. Tim Anderson, I think he had seven whiffs on 10 swings today. I mean, completely missing the ball. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Let's go into the pitching and keep that discussion, though, because you mentioned okay. Giancarlo Stanton and, and Cease missing those spots. Let's go uh, not to this graphic, Stephen, but can we go to the balls in play from Giancarlo Stanton uh, versus Dylan Cease? It's the two home runs uh, here, and we'll talk about missing location. In the first at-bat, he goes mm. down 3-1 to one, mm. uh, versus Giancarlo Stanton. It was a bad location, and he hit it 116 miles, 397 feet. It was a line drive, only got 17, uh, 49 feet off the ground. Uh, just a liner out to the goose there. And let's look at the location where that one was, and we'll look at the location where the second pitch was. In this first at-bat, though, he almost gets it to 2-2. He barely misses a called three strike at the bottom of the zone. Uh, and then he goes to, could have gone 2-2, uh, very close pitch, just missed it, then has to go into the zone. Um, and I, I thought it was a good 1-1 pitch. He, he just missed it, but then uh, down 3-1, he completely had a, a bad location on it stanton lined it out to left field and you know he was looking fastball on a fastball count and that's what's going to happen against stanton or yeah and that home run and then it's still on the uh on our screen right now so the people who are listening on the podcast tomorrow are like man why is herb wincing i'm just looking at it and remembering what how hard that ball was hit and why that dude tried to catch the ball don't you go and get a, <laughs> a hole in yourself and i saw a stat that would it dong put out that it would only have been out of 19 of the 30 ballparks. I was like the 11 others would have had a sizable hole in that right center field wall because he absolutely crushed it. I haven't seen a home run hit that hard in a while. Right. Yeah. Just well, and absolutely and murdered until, until he does it again in the third inning and then until again, uh, when Aaron judge does it in the seventh inning, uh, but looking at where these locations were, uh, he missed three, one, uh, just left it right over the middle of the plate. Stanton extends his arms kills that one and then the second at bat uh he got a good first pitch fastball it was if you're looking at the screen right now it was in it was on the black it was under the hands it was a perfect pitch and then he follows up with a second pitch fastball and i don't understand this i mean i don't understand feeding Giancarlo stanton fastballs and you see obviously you missed the location i mean that's dead red right there uh that's the second one that's a little bit lower i mean that's more middle middle than the first one of course he's going to kill that one too uh, i don't understand the pitch selection uh, against Giancarlo stanton tonight i don't understand the pitch selection to uh, aaron judge tonight you know dj lemay who had some nice hits off mistakes but I-, I didn't mind the pitch selection anthony rizzo hit a triple uh which I felt like should have been a double felt like Adam Engel misplayed, but again, cease just missed executed that actual curve uh, change up. But I-, I feel like the actual pick selection to judge and Stanton is really what did cease in, at least for the run part of it, because you know, those guys got on base. He, he did end up blocking two guys and the Yankees did a great job of uh, driving in those runners. But I feel like the pitch selection truly screwed up cease, especially to uh, judge and Stanton. And it might be had started because of the Aaron judge at bat in the first inning. He throws an FU fastball to Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge flails and strikes out. Yeah. So that might have given Dylan C some confidence of, hey, man, my stuff is electric tonight. Which, hey, man, if you feel that way, feel feel it. But also understand the game plan. Understand what these guys are looking for. 3-1, no fastball. I don't care mm-hmm. if you have an FU fastball. Not to that guy. Not to John Carlos Stanton. No, you just say, hey, here's a slider. You flail at it, you flail at it. You walk, it's tough to put you on, but hell, it's better than that rocket home run you just hit. So I think you get the confidence of, I can throw this ball past these dudes, which he did with Aaron Judge, who also can hit fastballs really hard. So that might have messed him up in thinking that I could do this all night long. And John Carlos Stanton said, no, you can't, but please do. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, Cease showed the ability to throw it past those guys. Let's go to the full line because it's a weird line. Four innings pitch for Cease, six, uh, six earned runs allowed, six hits, two walks, and 11 Ks. Oof. Yes, 11 Ks. It is the only the second time in MLB history where a pitcher has pitched four innings and had 11 or more Ks. Do you want to know the other pitcher, Herb? I think I saw it already, so it'll be cheating. So go ahead and say it. It's Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. Carlos Rodon back in 2017, uh, he pitched four innings and struck out 11 Cubs. Uh, it was a fantastic performance by him. He also had a two RBI double in that game. So he was doing his own work uh, as the Sox would only score two runs in that game. Not really shocking for the 2017 White Sox, but it's 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 just crazy. I, I look at this game from from Dylan Cease, and let's go to the pitch mix here because, I mean, it's outstanding stuff when you just look at this graph right here uh, mm-hmm. 44% fastball 29% slider 17% knuckle curve 10% changeup a huge uptick in his changeup we saw him throw that nine times tonight he got four whiffs on his changeup I mean he had Anthony early. he had Anthony Rizzo looking silly on it and the two that he you know there was two mistakes that he did have uh he left up the changeup to Rizzo and uh, uh LeMahieu you could see the balls in play being two over at the far right um the changeup was working, though. I mean, I like the fact that he had this changeup, and it shows you the importance of four pitches. I mean, this is a Yankees team that killed the fastball, so you really needed to locate the slider and, and knuckle curve today. And if you're going to be throwing the fastball as much as he did, you have to be able to throw them off. And we saw Rizzo be thrown off. We saw Stanton be thrown off. I mean, it was a good pitch. I really loved what we saw from Cease here today because he really – tried to do everything in his might to get these batters out. I mean, a 64% strike rate. He did have two walks, but for the grand part of it, striking out 11 guys, getting 12 of your 11 outs that way, that that says that's dominant in some way. Yeah, he definitely had it working, but as with the earlier thing with Aaron Judge, he kind of fell in love with seeing Anthony Rizzo flail at those two change-ups he threw with, and they're beautiful, but they're perfectly placed on the outside strike zone, and floating and Anthony Rizzo's Bugs Bunny on that one. He was <laughs> way ahead of that one. But then they see that you're going to be featuring that, and you kept it up to DJ LeMahieu, 111 miles per hour later. That's a run. Anthony Rizzo with the triple, 95 miles per hour off the bat. Hose couldn't get to it because it was pretty much hit right where he was after the runner took off for second base. So there was no chance for him to get that ball. I just think that, Good plan, and he had great stuff. And it's good for Dylan to get this in his lifetime, to see, like, this team is no no punk. They're nobody to play with. Now, you can either flight or you can fight. And go back to the lab and say, okay, what'd they do against me? Rocket home run, rocket triple, rocket double, rocket home run. What do I do wrong right there? I just missed location. When my stuff was on, they could see me. So I hope he takes this as a lesson, like not all the time do I have the best stuff and not all the time do I have to throw that fastball to fastball hitters, especially in fastball counts and go back to the lab and get better. That's all you can learn from this thing, because this performance was it's it's a weird thing because he did strike out 11 people, but it's unsatisfactory overall because he did get hit hard in the balls that he did miss. And you're going to miss a couple but learning from this that the Yankees aren't the Royals, the Yankees aren't the Twins or the Guardians. They're a team that is a force to be reckoned with, a team that you don't want to see in the postseason. You just want to make the postseason. Then you all have to beat the Twins to get there and hope somebody else beats the Yankees because, no, no more, well, friends. I'm and good. honestly, I think I'm it's a little good. bit. 
uh, of bad luck too. I mean, Cease ended up, ended up having five hard hit balls uh, today. Five of the seven balls that were hit were hit hard. So, I mean, not not truly bad luck because you know the seven five of the seven that they they hit they they squared up. Uh, you know, hitting them over ninety five miles per hour, but all of them got down. Uh, I mean, five for five on balls that were hit 95 miles per hour uh, today for the Yankees against Cease. And, you know, I, I wonder what needs to be tightened up after this game, uh, says Fred. And Fred says, uh, you know, who cares how many strikeouts he had? He had six runs or he gave up six runs. I mean, like, I care because, I mean, this is this is a major league pitcher. And let's go back to the pitch mix because the big thing that you wanted from Cease was for him to be attacking the zone. So then that he would get guys to expand their zone and get strikeouts. I mean, this is how Dylan sees is going to have a great start night in night out. I mean, if the success was there, you're just going up against the Yankees who are the best offense in the major league right now. And I understand that, you know, this isn't the result that you wanted, but if Dylan sees goes out and, and performs like this against who would he be pitching against? I guess the Royals, right? Yeah. If he goes up against the Royals like this, I mean, you're going to see probably 15 strikeouts. And if Dylan C, you know, strikes out 15, it's not going to have six earned runs tagged to it because you look at the called strikes plus whiff percentage. We talk about this all the time. 27% is major league average. 40% today for Dylan Cease. That is well above average. Lucas Giolito, who just had that fantastic start, had a called whiff strike percentage of 37%. Dylan Cease was in the zone, and when he was in the zone, he was fairly unhittable. 20 whiffs. He had a 48% swing and miss rate, 48% Herb against one of the best offenses in the, in the major leagues. I understand that the six earned runs look bad, but I think if you break it down at bat by at bat, I think that there are tweaks that he can make to make sure that he gets out Giancarlo Stanton out more, because if he gets Stanton out more, if he gets Stanton out twice in this game, that's a completely different game. It's probably a four earned run game, a three earned run game for him and three earned runs probably wins you the game here because the, the, the Sox end up scoring seven. So I, I don't mind the effort tonight. I don't mind the output tonight for Dylan Cease. It didn't work. This is a complete flush it game. You've been so good this year. And this, this is a start that I think that you should, he should build confidence off of because the stuff was in the zone. The stuff was fairly unhittable and not all the teams are the Yankees, because if you're going up against the Royals with stuff like this, great results will happen. Not good results. You'll get seven innings. You'll get 10 plus strikeouts. That's a great result every time. He didn't go seven innings. He went four innings, gave up six earned runs. That's that. I mean, that's not good enough, clearly. But I, I don't think you should be bashing Dylan Cease. I truly think that this is a good start. It's a good learning curve. And how are you good different next time? Good well, as far. I know yeah, what you're doing. I, I mean, yeah. Good might be far. I understand that people are going to see six earned runs in four innings and, and push back on that. That's fine. And I know we got to get to Vinny and uh, an ad read right here, but I just got to say, like, it's good that this happened right now. It's early in the season, and you guys say it's always early. And it's good to see your team just get their ass bit, beat. And like I said, it's either fight or flight. I'm going to go back to the drawing board and come out tomorrow and say, you know, I love I love uh, going against uh, Garrett. Garrett's going to be a tough customer. And if Garrett Cole strikes us all out, cool. But I want to face the best to see where we – stack up and then we can go back and say okay this is where we've fallen short let's get some reinforcements let's get our games back together because this is a team that we'll have to go through to get to the ultimate destination and we're not close to there right now 
Absolutely. And your means dumper says we won't be playing the Royals in the playoffs. There'll be teams uh, like this who we have proven to be unable to beat. I know that. But also you still have to play them in the regular season and live, learn and grow. I think this is a good learning experience from Dylan Cease because he just showed you that his stuff plays against the Yankees. It just wasn't perfect tonight and it gave up six earned runs. But if it's perfect against the Yankees, you might see two earned runs and a White Sox win because of Dylan Cease. So I'm just saying this stuff, the way that he pitched tonight can be a winning performance or a mix to win against the Yankees. I, I like the performance tonight. The best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can boost your live same-game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call one 800 Call 1-800-522-4700. It's time to be joined by Vinny. Hello. You can follow our CHGO White Sox beat writer on Twitter at Vinny Duber. It is Vinny Duber joining us from the Chicago White Sox press box in a lovely Grateful Dead t-shirt. What's up, Vinny? Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Good. Good. How was the, the fireworks show from Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge? And I guess you can throw in Josh Donaldson, too. Hey, I mean, if you like uh, baseball is going long ways, then, you know, what are you what's there to complain about? That was pretty fun. <laughs> I know right? Dylan's a competitor and we're lauding him for striking out 11 Yankees because they're a tough team. But how did he take this loss after giving up the six earned runs in the four innings he pitched? He called it the weirdest stat line he'd ever been a part of. Uh, you know, that's probably accurate uh but you know he wasn't happy right i mean listen you know you know what these guys are like but uh, at this point of me telling you this every night you know the uh they they want to win they don't want to lose and when they go out and are a big part of the reason that the team lost they're not going to be happy so six earned runs will do that the way the game played out obviously you know it it, it was a, a team effort in uh, in being able to uh, call this one a defeat but um yeah, I mean, listen, Cease was simultaneously great and simultaneously owned by the Yankees, right? I mean, uh, I, I always say to you guys, right, multiple things can be true at once. Well, there you go. There's the most glaring example right there. He dominated and got dominated on the same night. Uh, weird, absolutely, but uh, that, that was the case. Weird, and it gave us 20 minutes of content. So, you know, weird is always good because I think we could probably still talk about this stat line and only the stat line for an hour. Uh, it, it's nuts. Uh, it was crazy stuff uh, just to watch from Cease. Uh, what was the reaction from Tony? Uh, did, did he like the, the performance? Uh, did, I mean, is that like a good enough effort for them to win? What was the vibe on Tony talking about Cease's start? Uh, well, not specifically on Cease's start, but just, I mean, he was very happy with what Cease was able to do, you know, he's, uh, but, you know, in terms of the strikeouts and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, he, he, he walked in and he seemed uh, like he still maybe hadn't fig quite figured out what happened. Uh, you know, he, 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 he kind of looked up and said, I, man, I, I didn't believe it, but I saw it. And so I have to believe it kind of thing. Like, uh, I mean, seriously, you got two outs in the eighth inning in a, in a tie game. And then all of a sudden you lose by eight runs. I mean, that is um, that's a rarity right there. I mean, this game, uh, you know, I, I always talk, you know, I always talk about, you know, that it's everything that happens over the course of nine innings that, that, that determines the outcome of a game. Uh, and that remained true tonight, but um, 
Joe Kelly can't be walking that many guys because uh, they all scored. And uh, that eighth inning was ugly. Um, and it was ugly because the guy that you expect to, to get guys out didn't do it and didn't do it uh, repeatedly. Uh, and, and so, uh, again, kind of just weird, I guess, is the word that you would use to describe it, because uh, we talked to Joe Kelly after the game and I said, you know, how these are the Yankees. They, they do stuff like this. It's hard to do. And he goes, yeah, but I've faced him before and I should have gotten them out. So, you know, there you go. That's uh, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But uh, losing some by eight is not something you want to be doing on a very regular basis. No, and especially especially the way that uh, the, the Guardians game just ended, too. We, we talked about this before. They get seven runs. They get outscored, you know, 15 to seven. They get nine runs. Uh, they get outscored 12 to nine and then give up a six run lead. I just want to follow up real quick. Did Tony or Joe mention uh, where it might have went wrong or, or the at bat or anything like that, where it, it probably started getting a little bit away from them? Yeah, I think Joe kind of intimated that he was nibbling a little bit. Uh, he, he, he basically said, you know, that he was trying to get guys out by throwing pitches on the edge of the strike zone, which is what pitchers do. Uh, and it wasn't working. And he didn't really uh, he didn't really stop trying to do that. And it went against him tonight. Sometimes some nights that's going to go his way. That strategy is going to work perfectly. And other nights like tonight, it's going to blow up in his face. Um, he, he said, basically, I'll, he, he, not basically, he said to me, he goes, I'll face him again and I'll go right after him. Yohan Makata had a great game, even though his only stats showed up as one for five. Hit the ball really, really hard. That first ball looked like it was to be going to center field immediately, but I don't know what happened there, the wind or whatever, but that second ball, no doubter. Did the guy speak about that big-time momentum shift from Yohan Makata and his uh, bat being very valuable going forward? Yeah, I mean, that's basically exactly what Tony said, that you know he's going he's gonna to be a weapon for this team, and uh, – to, to put him in the lineup and, and get some immediate results after he hasn't played for a month uh, is, is a nice sign for these White Sox. Obviously, uh, you know, you, you kind of expect sometimes when guys have had that long layoff that they're going to have to kind of take some time to work their way back. That's what you see every year, right? At the start of the year, coming off of spring training, it's like, all right, well, it's still April. They, they haven't found it yet. They haven't figured it out yet. When you see a guy figure it out right away, right off the bat, that's, that's encouraging. So, um, yeah, Yohan Moncada is, 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 I mean, I think everybody knew it, an important part of this lineup that they were missing, uh, and now he's back in it, and he's showing exactly how important he is. And did they talk about this game kind of being, or this series being a measuring stick? Because I know people think of it because of last year and the losses to Houston as, man, they can beat the AL Central, but losing to the AL East and teams like Houston are kind of deflating to the fans and to, I don't know if there is to the players themselves or Tony themselves. Well, I think uh, it's funny. I, I tweeted a quote that, that Rick Hahn said way back uh, on the day of the home opener. I tweeted that before, before today's game. And, and I think this is a measuring stick series for everybody that isn't the White Sox. You know what I mean? Like the, the fans are going to love this or, or, or hate this series based on the outcomes, obviously, but they're going to love to pay attention and see where the White Sox are right now. But Rick Hahn's quote from the home opener made total sense, which was, you know, he doesn't look at a series in mid-May against the Yankees as being a measuring stick, even though, you know, this is the best team in, in baseball right now, record-wise, and it's a team that everybody is expecting to be there uh, toward the end of the year. But the White Sox aren't what the White Sox want to be at the end of the year right now. And the Yankees, uh, a contender, are probably going to be quite different, you know, be it because of a, uh, you know, a, a, the ups and downs that they go through or, or maybe, you know, a trade deadline acquisition that they need to make at the end of July. They're going to be a different team at the end of the year. So if the White Sox and the Yankees play again in October, let's say, uh, 
you're not going to be able to draw on, well, remember what happened in mid-May? Well, that ought to, that ought to indicate what's going to happen this time around because those teams are going to be in different places. Certainly, White Sox fans know that because of all the guys that have been on the injured list, guys that are not performing up to the levels that, they're normally, that they normally perform at right now. The idea is the White Sox want to be in a much better place than they are right now toward the end of the year when, when things uh, you know, really you know, they matter the most. But by the time the, the September ends and you get into October and you're playing a team like this, that's when the measuring stick comes along. And unfortunately, we saw that exactly in the ALDS last year, measured the White Sox, how they measured up to the Astros, and it wasn't enough. Yeah, and I, I want to talk about one person who is living not living up to expectations so far. Um, I know Yasmani Grandal is a guy that you know is probably under where we expect him uh, to be right now, but it really does feel like Jose Abreu is struggling a little bit more than he normally does. 0 for 5 tonight, uh, had the worst stat line, I think, of uh, any Sox uh, batter tonight. He's a- a hitting 207, 288, 333. We obviously talked before the season uh, that this might be the final year of him in a White Sox uniform. Uh, what's the vibe around Pete right now? Is it a jovial vibe? Uh, is, it, is it a vibe you've seen before? And maybe it's just a little bit of a slump here. Uh, what, what's your read on Pete and how he started it in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I listen, I think everybody uh, knows that Jose Abreu is consistency defined, right? And, I, and I'm not even talking just about what the, what the stat line looks like at the end of the year. I'm talking about him as, as, a, as a player, as a person, as a guy who shows up to work every day. Uh, that is what he preaches to, to not only himself and when he talks to us about, about what he is doing, but what he preaches to all the guys that he's kind of been mentoring over the last few years. It's just keep working, be the same every day and, and, and trust in what you've done before and the work that you've put in, that it's going to show up. And I think that everybody can kind of believe that when it comes to Jose Abreu. I mean, again, this is a long season. It's not like what ha- what his batting average is today is what his batting average is going to be at the end of September. Now it's not to say that that's impossible. Guys have bad years. That's, that's fine. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's uh, understandable sometimes, but this is Jose Abreu we're talking about. And it's a guy who has made a very nice living and a built a very nice reputation on turning in much of the same production on an annual basis. So I don't think he is a guy that you get worried about over the long haul. Obviously, obviously in the moment it's frustrating. And when he comes and when you've got him underperforming, Yasmani Grandal underperforming and Aloy Jimenez on the injured list, the guy, the, the, what was supposed to be the middle of your order is not able to do the job that you expected them to do, that's obviously going to have an effect in the moment. That being said, wouldn't worry about Jose Abreu, uh, you know, until much later in the season. But, you know, you got a point. Before the game, Tony spoke about what's going to happen on Monday as far as uh, the Kansas City series and then possibly seeing uh, Johnny Cueto on Tuesday. I also was wondering. Hold on, if- hold on. We're, we're we're bringing this up, and we're not actually going to bring up what the the real story with this is because Vinny is starting for the White Sox. Oh, That's the actual quote that we got to get. To. I, I was going to let him say that. that oh, quote. okay. My bad. Yeah, I, I know. Finish that. your question. Finish your question. My bad. I was My just bad. wondering who is going to pitch on Tuesday, Vinny Huber. Not if listen. If if my number is called, that'll be news to me. It was news to me today. No, it was funny. We, uh, I, you know, Tony was being asked about Johnny Cueto, and I just kind of like, you know, I wanted to clarify, see if he was ready to to announce his starting pitching for Tuesday. And I said, is he an option for that Tuesday uh, doubleheader in Kansas City? And he just looked at me and said, you're an option. And I was like, all right, well, I, I better get practicing then because that's not very <laughs> long from now. Uh, I think the last time that I threw a pitch 
was uh, on the concourse, the speed pitch here at what used to be at what was nice. then U.S. Cellular Field. Uh, I attempted. This was my my you know my delivery back in back in high school was trying to do a Dontrell Willis impression with the mm-hmm. wind up, of course, the leg kick all the way up as far as your leg would go, um, and then just let it rip. Uh, but in the process of doing that, sunglasses flew off. They broke on the mm. concourse. The, the and the reading to to add insult to injury was was not impressive. Oh come I on, mean, what was it? It's the Royals, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But uh, no, I was gonna say, uh, you know, you put put me in the game, and you'd be lucky. I, uh, you know, and you'll not be happy by the end of the first inning. And I was like, what am I thinking? I'm getting through an inning. Come on, you're not gonna be happy by the end of the first batter. So yeah, that's 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 not what White Sox fans need to see is is me on the mound, and really me in a uniform. That probably wouldn't be that great of a look either. It's a little those are those those tend to be a little tight. The mustache yeah. will probably look good in the uniform though. Well, yeah. it, people turn on their TVs and wonder why they're showing a. Re- play from uh, you know from 1972 <laughs> and the per diem too just tell them hey don't put me in the game just give me a uniform and give me that meal money there you go they'll, they'll be selling my, they'll be selling my game worn jersey at the uh, garage sale at socks fest in no time <laughs> what was the speed reading come on you got it you have to remember it oh there's no way it was over 60 no chance okay yeah. i think i so is it fair to say i probably throw the hardest out of the three of us here I mean, yes, I don't throw that okay, hard you're not, at all. You're not, you're like not busting out 75? All right. No. Uh, if any of us threw, though, it would be like But Giancarlo's. if I break my arm, you better watch out when it heals. <laughs> rookie of the year? Loving. Rookie yes. of the year style? Damn right. Did you, my favorite part about that movie, I don't know if you guys remember it uh, detail by detail, but I do. Um, my favorite part of that Mets game, the final game where Henry pitches in, it is to win the division, to advance to the World Series, and it's the NLDS. So it's just a whole bunch of garbage uh, written into the to, to rookie of the year. Uh, I want to go to a guy who's not currently on the team, but will be on the team hopefully soon. Maybe you can give an update on him, but uh, I can give you an update on what he did tonight. Two home runs for Andrew Vaughn, and he's wearing the sweet-ass night helmet uh, in the night's dugout. Uh, first of all, uh, what's the update on Andrew Vaughn? When can White Sox fans uh, expecting him to be uh, hitting home runs in a White Sox uniform? Yeah, so kind of a little bit of both from Tony La Russa earlier today. Uh, you know, he said that, you know, take take his time, you know, the, the regular stuff that you hear when, when guys are coming back from injuries. He said likely wouldn't, you know, probably wouldn't see him any sooner than Monday in Kansas City. Um, but, you know, then he kind of added at the end there, oh, we'll see what he does, and maybe he could be back sooner kind of thing. Well, he was pretty good tonight, so uh, right. I'm guessing that hand feels okay. Uh, but but who knows? You know what I mean? It's it it, it obviously was taking longer for to 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 die down that bruise was than than anybody was expecting. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know, uh, but uh, I, I think the idea at this point probably won't see him any later than Monday in Kansas City either. Uh, that's just my reading on that one. All right. So would you say there's a chance though? Maybe he comes up Friday or Saturday. I mean, maybe I, okay. I, it's possible. We'll, we'll find out. I, I think the idea is they want to see how he feels, right? I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to send him down there, just play one game, you know, and be like, uh, all right, well, we need you. And, and Tony mentioned this, you know, you don't want to bring a guy up just because you need him or want him. You know what I mean? He has to be ready to go. Um, and if that hand is feeling good right away, then maybe he's here a little sooner, but again, no need to rush it. And then the final thing I have, and I think the final thing we got for you, I just want to talk about the decision to keep Joe Kelly in because I know people were upset about that. I don't know if Tony commented uh, on the decision to keep Kelly in after he was walking guys uh, left and right. Uh, Was there anything said about that postgame? Well, I mean, I think you could probably just guess that it's like, this is Joe Kelly. 
let him get he can get it out you know what i mean and that's kind of the thing is like obviously that spiraled out of control a little bit because you're not expecting joe kelly to walk four guys but you know he gets he, he got the ground ball he got you know he got what he needed to get out of that inning obviously he put himself in a situation that he never should have or wanted to put himself in um but he got the ground ball and it ended up going to the exact place where it didn't help out the white Sox. um I think I don't think leaving Joe Kelly in was the problem. I think a lot of people were questioning the Tanner Banks move, and I can tell you what Tony said. He said uh, that he was going, you know, had the, had the game stayed. It was basically that they scored, they, they took the lead, and he was ready to. He had mapped out his pitchers for the tie situation. He was going to bring Hendricks in in the ninth if they were tied. He was going to use Matt Foster in the tenth. It sounds like Kendall Graveman was not going to pitch because he wanted to use him tomorrow. Um, the the then then they took the lead, did the Yankees, and so he called on Tanner Banks with the idea that he would want to save now Hendricks and Foster as well as Graveman for tomorrow's situation as well. So when the uh, when the game changed, when the score changed there, when the when the the, the lead changed there, uh, that changed Tony's thinking on deploying his pitchers. So he went with Tanner Banks. Appreciate the update and appreciate your great work over at Guaranteed Rate Field. Again, you can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber, and you'll probably see him warming up in the parking lot uh, this weekend, just getting that arm loose for KC. That's why you wanted to drive, man. I mean, you'll be this in is, Kansas City, This is though, why right? he's making an emergency trip down to Kansas City, Herb. We knew it. He, he laid it out in the meeting. We knew why he was going down to Kansas City. The conspiracy theories are are flying, and it's all Tony's fault for for calling on me today in the uh, in the press conference. But uh, no, listen, I, I got some good news for you. Not a lot of innings on this arm, so fresh as a daisy. <laughs> <laughs> good to hear you can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber and you can read his work at allchgo.com have a great night Vinny take it easy guys See you. peace you could become a member at allchgo.com that's where you'll get premium written content by our great writers like Vinny Duber like Ryan Herrera on the Cubs side and if you become a member you get a free shirt we have dope 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 merch and when you become a member you get a free t-shirt on sign up if you like our brawler socks down in the bottom corner where herb is pointing you can get that on a t-shirt and looks real slick and hey it is free when you become a member you also get access into our chgo lounge it's a members only discord so if you want to chat with us during the game you get the opportunity too it's just like texting your favorite buddies you know herb it's, it's a good time in the chgo discord oh it's a great time so people are smart they're passionate Join us because we'll all talk. Sean gets in, talks every once in a while, starts the conversation. Myself, I usually reply to what people are saying. So we're all there. Get the get the LCHGO membership so you can talk to her privately. Absolutely. Intimately. Uh, That's a different feature, I think. You got to pay a little bit more (laughs) to get the intimate part. Uh, But if you enjoy CHGO, another way to help us continue to grow is to download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign up is available in Illinois. You can download the Points Bet app right now. From start to finish all from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest mute your mic you'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 it's all good i mean who cares ziggy he's cute he's a jerk um he knows i'm recording what the hell you know he just (laughs) wanted to be on the podcast what a jerk he's in the Total different room. If you guys saw the broadcast yesterday, I usually broadcast from the bedroom intimately. 
But today, you know, people need to go to sleep. You know, I have a fiance that's a lawyer or a want to be, not a want to be, a law student. And mm. so she needs her beauty rest for work tomorrow. And that dog is in that room too. And he's acting like a dick. He just was pissed that the White Sox lost. And then thinking about Garrett Cole going to the bump on Friday. Yeah, I, mean, I don't blame him. Very sad. And, and, he's, and Garrett Cole is going to be facing up against Vince Velasquez. And Jack is saying, is Cole pitching tomorrow? It could be 10 to nothing. Let's talk about Garrett Cole. And let's talk about the White Sox offense. Because they had seven runs tonight, uh, which was impressive. But let's look at Luis Heel. Uh, and I, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. It's not Luis Gill. Uh, like, uh, like, like Tony. Uh, you know, the I Gill. Tony. Uh, yeah, like not Tony Gill. Uh, Luis Heel. Uh, so I, I got to get a little bit better with my uh, pronunciations. Uh, G-I-L. G-I-L. That's usually an H sound. Yes. Yes. Uh, And I I did not know that until Jason Benetti and Steve Stone started saying that on the broadcast today. So that was good to be informed on that. But let's go to uh, uh, Louis. Now I'm blanking on his name. Heels uh, pitch mix here. Uh, Is it Luis? Yeah, Luis. I was I didn't want to say Luis for some reason, Uh, but Luis heel. He threw 59 percent fastballs today, 35 percent sliders. And the thing to her is, you know, he had good called strike with percentages on his fastball uh, and on his slider. He got four called strikes on his slider, three on his uh, fastball. But the the, the biggest thing is the the 11 whiffs that he got from his fastball alone, 17 in total, a 37% whiff rate. I just feel that looking at this, I mean, I don't, I'm concerned about the White Sox versus fastballs, first off. I mean, them facing heat, 97, 98, 99 miles per hour, that just seems dangerous alone. I mean, you you look at Dylan Cease on the mound today, and, you know, Giancarlo Stanton's not fooled by a fastball. Aaron Judge isn't fooled by a fastball. None of those guys are fooled by a fastball. But you see Tim Anderson trying to swing at this fastball from Luis Heel, and it's just it's brutal. I mean, he's swinging and missing completely, swinging out of his shoes and not even making contact. I have a lot of concern coming out of this game that this guy who had a 10 ERA down at AAA can come up and do this against the Sox because I feel like they should have tagged him for more. It's the White Sox approach. We, I was uh, texting you earlier in the um, game. I was like, this is going to be a long day. Little did I know it was going to be like this, but I was thinking that Heel was going to do his thing versus the White Sox because of that first inning approach where they're just flailing at balls. So you said it was nine pitches in that first inning. Mm-hmm. Really, you haven't you got a scouting report on this guy. He's pitching the majors uh, what once or twice last year. This is his first start this year. Take a couple pitches, see what he's offering. Yes, ninety eight looks tantalizing, looks great. And Tim wasn't ready for the first pitch. He was let that ninety eight just go right past him, and he swung eventually. But it was already in the catcher's glove before he did it. Yeah, we should have tagged this guy. We should have got more runs off of him because it seemed in the second inning we got a better approach third inning better approach versus this guy you see him a little longer and he was mostly throwing fastballs he should be and if i was a pitching coach with the yankees fastball slider throw the yeah. slider much more than he did what do you throw it like 30 percent of the time tonight mm-hmm. and, yeah, and more it was still effective it was very effective he should be throwing that much more because the fastball as we saw the white Sox ca- caught up they only had seven hits but every single white Sox in the lineup had a hard hit Every single one of them. Luis Robert had three. Moncada had two. And Yasmani Grandal had two. And everybody else had a single hard hit of the night. So they were getting to him. But as the White Sox luck is this year, those hard hit balls weren't all finding spots in the grass like the Yohan Moncada hit. I, off the bat, yeah. didn't you think that was a home run? 
Yeah, well, the Mankato one, I thought it was a home run off the bat, but then, but then you see where it was angled. It was like 37 degrees uh, off the bat. So, I mean, it was sky high, and I think the wind knocked it down. And you see the other one that he hits, uh, very similar off the bat. The first one was 107 at 37 degrees up in the air. The other one was 109 uh, at 27 degrees. That's why that one went out, because it was on more of a line. So, I mean, if yeah, he hit it on a little using, bit more on a line. But usually those go out every Every think, year, those go I think out. If, but, I think if he pulled it, it, it would have. But the issue was that he, he hit it to the farthest part of the park. I mean, that, that's just that, that's the issue, I think, on that one. And that's why, you know, it said it went up 37 uh, and the launch angle. The wind knocked it down. And the wind is affecting the ball much more this year than it ever has, it seems like. Because off the bat, I was like, that's a no-doubter. Come on now. And then eventually with his uh, second hit, home run he really no doubt at that when i love to see the yohan mancata backdrop because it's smooth as hell almost ken griffey jr like but i haven't seen enough of their five hitter yasmani grandal you were talking about jose earlier yasmani grandal what's going on what's really going on with him can't hit pass ball again i need a catcher who can catch and that guy who hit 23 home runs last year to show up i know he did the same type of thing last year got hurt came back and was a different player but if you're hurt go on the il let's call somebody else up because this effort right here with the 508 ops won't play we cannot have it not in the middle of the lineup no, I mean, you're, you're 100% right on that. I mean, it's it's been, even Jose, I mean, it's been really disappointing seeing where they're at. And last year, uh, Yasmani was still better than where he was. The batting average is a little bit improved. It's at 169. Yeah, 169 this year. It was at 125 through 26 games last year, but he still had 40, four home runs uh, through 26 games last year. And the big thing, too, uh, through uh, you know 26 games last year, he had, uh, what is it, 29 walks, 29 walks, and he has 16 this year. So, I mean, that's the issue. I mean, he's got to start walking more. He's got to be productive, whether that is driving the ball, getting more extra base hits, hitting the ball out of the park, or just getting on base. I mean, it's it, it needs to be something from, from Yasmani. And he's been getting into good counts. I mean, you could still see the patience is there. It's just he's not being able to take advantage of getting into those hitters' counts this year or hasn't been able to so far. And while I'm crapping on Yosemite Grandal, I want to give kudos to A.J. Pollock. He's off the interstate. Same with my guy, Yuri. I mean, Lurie Garcia. He had a couple good things. And then, of course, Lurie was Lurie. Got picked off of first base uh, right after he had the nice RBI single. Um, I like those guys. They are going to be valuable. A.J. Pollock's probably going to play majority of the games uh, that the White Sox play. And his hot bat will register for the White Sox awesomely. That double down the line yeah, to give us the first run and then the single off of like a 99-mile-per-hour fastball low. And he took it to right center field. Pure. That's nice. And we profiled him as a guy that can hit right-handers very well. I think he hits right-handers last year much better than he hit left-handers. Mm-hmm. So if these guys start going and we get a guy like Andrew Vaughn back, Gavin Sheets continues his progression, I have no problem with this offense starting to be who they really are. And if our worst problems are Jose Abreu and Yasmani Grandal, I think we're going to be in a good position because I know the back of the baseball card will show up for those guys eventually. It just it just puts more pressure on Aloy. It puts more pressure on Andrew Vaughn. And, you know, it's fine. Those guys need to step up. But it's, it's just frustrating that Abreu so. isn't here yet. Grandal isn't here yet. It was great to see Moncada be back uh, up. And, and I mean, you're right, though. I mean, that was a laser shot. Uh, you've been saying top five third baseman right. in all of the major leagues. I would just push back on it still. But 
if the power is back and Jason said, and I think that he is right, uh, that was a 2019 Yohan Moncada swing. We have not seen that in a couple of years here. And that's the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this game. I am trying not to worry about the eighth inning. Joe Kelly will be better than what he was today. That's a fact. Dylan Cease, I think, had a mix today that will work against, you know, good clubs. I think he needs to be a little bit tighter. He needs to be a little bit sharper. That will happen. It's fine. It's the regular season. This is an outing that you could have won the game with. He gave up six earned runs. You scored seven. The bullpen needs to be better. I think the hitting needs to be better. I think you need to damage these pitchers a little bit more. But if Yohan Mankata is like this, and I said this before the season, this is his year 27 season. He's understanding now everything that pitchers are trying to do to him. He understands what it's like to go through a season. He understands what it's like to get ready and to get up. And I understand he had that error in that Cleveland game, but this is where he's going to make his true difference, hitting the ball and hitting the ball with power. This will be a huge year because if he's able to have 20 home runs and 20 doubles, that is something that is going to give so much relief to this lineup. It's going to, you know, force Tim Anderson to have to do more at the top of the lineup. It's going to force, you know, uh, Andrew Vaughn to be in less pressure situations. Aloy can just relax a little bit more than maybe Abreu and Grandal can relax a little bit more. But if Yohan is like this, that second spot gets a whole lot easier just to pencil in his name or, or fill it in with permanent marker each and every day. Fantastic to see the start that he's getting off to coming off an injury. This is the last thing I'll say about it. Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez, Nolan Renato, Rafael Devers, Yohan Moncada. Let's go. Let's go. Matt Chapman, put him in there. I, I mean, Austin Riley was pretty Austin damn Riley, good. Put him in there. Austin no. Riley was pretty damn good. They don't win a, a World Series without Austin Riley. So I think you got to at least uh, give him a little bit Would more. Would you rather have Austin Riley or Yohan Moncada? Uh, Austin Riley hit 33 home Would runs. Would you rather have 33 Yohan doubles Moncada last year? Or Austin Riley? Right now, I'll take Austin Riley. Stop Austin it. Riley had 30 home runs Stop and 30 it. doubles last year. I Stop don't it. think that Yohan Moncada has ever done that. Uh, and maybe if he has, it's been like three years. But hey, if he's able to do that like 2019, I will have no problem putting him as a top five third baseman that's the that's the discussion here we're taking bright spots away from this herb uh, is that yohan mancada might might be back and you mentioned it too with luisa heel uh first inning three out of three first pitch strikes in that second inning where they ended up scoring runs on him three out of seven first pitch strikes in the third inning three out of four and then when they scored again in the fourth uh four out of six so i mean patience was a vir- virtue there uh, and they did a great job uh, making sure that he was throwing pitches. And I think that they could have even done a better job, if we're being honest. And there was a lot of meatballs over the plate that I feel like oh. Jose Abreu or Yasmani oh. Grandal should have gotten up to. So I, that's why I feel like this this Luis Heel thing, uh, I, I think the White Sox should have gotten a better offer, uh, effort out of the offense tonight. And, and I think this game would have looked a, a lot less lopsided than it did. I did forget about the couple of cookies that Jose Abreu got on Heel's slider that just hung up there. They were juicy fast arc sliders over the middle of the plate, cement mixers, usually Jose Abreu when he's going right, that's on the concourse. But he's not going right right now, and I don't know if this is a guy that's been playing baseball for 20-plus years, body wearing down, and maybe can't call for that extra he usually gets. He just needs a calendar. just says August. Like, (laughs) today is negative 56th day of of August, and when you get to August, it'll be August 1st. And then in September, that's August 32nd. Like, we just got to continue to give him calendars because he kills in the month of August. The weather is August-like. I expect him to be hitting tomorrow. I don't care hey, if Garrett Cole's on the bump. And, Hell, but, we got to come to play, man. 
I, we, they have to come and play. You're absolutely right about that. But also, like, it's 82 degrees out. Is the ball not flying? Because I just saw the Yankees hit the ball, and the ball's flying for them. So I really can't give too much, you know, like, a weather or anything like this. And I know that's not really what you were doing there. No. Uh, but, you know, I mean, t- today is a night that shows you the ball's flying fine. Uh, the Yankees and White Sox are the team that hit the ball the hardest in the league. And you know what? The Yankees hit the ball harder tonight. The Yankees mm. had a better approach tonight. The Yankees did way more damage to a much better pitcher. I feel like the offense, you should have gotten more from them tonight. I, I, I really do. You look at the line, uh, only having eight hits. I feel like that should have been more tonight. And I think that's where you end up losing uh, at this game. But whatever. I mean, I mean that's it. You get, I, I mean, you, you, you end up losing it. You end up losing it because you win that 100% of the time. Yeah, and, and you end up losing it. I know, obviously, you know, people are going to mention the, the home runs uh, in, in the eighth inning there. That that shouldn't have happened regardless. I mean, Joe Kelly shouldn't be walking four guys. I mean, that, that's a very, very bizarre inning. I think that Tony probably should have pulled the hook a little bit earlier uh, before it gets out of hand. And again, you know, Vinny even mentioned it, that that Kelly was nibbling. You can't nibble in that, those situations because you have real, real hitters coming up, like Aaron Judge and, and Giancarlo Stanton. And not saying Gleiber isn't, uh, but Gleiber was nothing. I mean, Gleiber was a guy that Vinny was talking tossing into trade packages uh, earlier this year because he might not have fit with that team if they signed Carlos Correa or, or, or Trevor Story or something like that. And, you know, I, I just I think it's such crap that the White Sox were in this game. You get that huge home run from Yohan Moncada, and, and and this is the end result, losing 15-7. to 7. It's just so disheartening. Yeah, just turn it right, right around. Like, you just get that in the, the half inning before that. So you tie it up. The crowd's back in there. Everybody's with you. You can measure up for a team that has dominated you the whole game up to that point. I don't know if what you felt when it was seven to four. I thought, man, the Yankees have dominated the White Sox and we're mm-hmm. only down by three. It's a great sign. It's kind of like right now with the White Sox being down by what two games to the Minnesota Twins. They're playing great baseball. White Sox are not playing their greatest baseball and they're only down two or three games. That's the optimal place to be when you're playing poorly. White Sox tied it up. Momentum shift. Let's do it. And then Joe Kelly, I don't like. I don't know if he looked in the mirror today and said, "I'm Joe Kelly. Don't laboratories <laughs> do do your worst, bro." Right. Uh, here's a here's a sinker. Enjoy. Or here's the curveball. Better middle middle. I don't care. Glaber, if you can hit it, you can hit it. But like putting run uh, runners on via the walk breathes life into an offense. Any offense, especially this. Man, murderous row of offenses. Damn, this offense is so goddamn good. DJ LeMahieu was just like underrated, and he just crooks, crashes, uh, cracks balls everywhere and kills your offense. I do not like facing that guy at all. In the video game, in real life, he always hits. Yeah, and it just felt like you know it's going to be like that the whole entire series that they're just going to always hit uh, that you throw anything in that zone and they're just going to hit it. Uh, and I, I want to talk a little bit too about some of the decisions that Tony ended up making. Uh, Matt says should have let Doctor Freeze MD Ryan Burren. I'm assuming that's uh, to face Joe Kelly here, but I, I sent you this photo after Aaron Judge hits a ball 456 Oof. feet. Uh, can we see that 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 graphic? I think I pulled that one. Uh, this might be the farthest ball I've ever seen hit. Uh, a guaranteed rate field. I'm not sure. I have to look it up on StatCast, but 114 miles per hour off the bat, 456 feet. Ryan Burr comes in for a second inning, and I don't understand why he's pitching to Aaron Judge, especially with the the, the ball game and the situation that it is at. Uh, it was 6-4 to four at that time, so they didn't have a lead. Makes sense with the bullpen uh, tier that we put together. Ryan Burr being in that third tier, a guy that you trust in either a winning or losing situation, but definitely uh, you want to use his arm first so I, I guess i understand just trying to get some length off of him but uh I, you know especially after judge hits that home run i i 
really felt like the Yankees were just going to coast and, and take that game. And when Yohan tied it up, I was like, all right, here we actually go. I mean, like, you know, this is a real, real moment here where Yohan unloads and it just ends up feeling like Gavin Sheets home run against the Astros where, you know, 10 runs later, you get your ass whooped. Yeah. And I, I, maybe Tony felt the way I felt at that point. Game is pretty much over, even though we're close here. We're like real close to beating the Yankees, but you can see like that team's superior to us in every way, especially tonight. And so Ryan Bear will get the shot tonight, especially because it's early in the game. Jose Ruiz did his thing. I appreciate him coming in the fifth and doing his thing. That's why he's on my second tier, Sean. Yeah, I, I not I my mean, third tier like you. Yeah, I, I, we, we got to revisit that tier tier list. <laughs> oh too, my god, I, I don't know if Joe Kelly can be second. Joe just got uh, dead kid kicked off <laughs> after um, that night. Uh, and Sean saying lots of positive signs tonight. Yankees are a hot team right now. I guess the biggest negative is the fact that you have to face them three more times. Oh yeah, like this is the thing. Like I'm not looking at the White Sox winning an AL Central title as a good thing. That's an expected thing. Right. So when we go against teams like the Yankees, like the Astros early in the season, when we went against the Mariners or the Rays, I feel those should be measuring sticks. If you say like last year, we're the best damn team in the American League. Show it. And right. I haven't seen it. And the corn game was great. That was our one win against the Yankees. Can we get more? Can we compete with these guys toe to toe? I know Garrett Cole's a tough customer. You put your pants on the same way. See it and be it tomorrow. Find a way. Vince Velasquez, you have to come up with your biggest start because I feel you lose tomorrow. It can be a lost weekend because then on Saturday, you know Dallas Keiko's going to the bum, and it doesn't matter who the Yankees are putting out there. And, yes, you have uh, Michael Kopech going on Sunday, but Nestor Cortez Jr. is no no slouch at all. He's going to be out there doing work too, so – Tomorrow is the defining game of the series. We need to win that one. Yeah, and I'm going to just go back to the Rick Hahn quote that Vinny brought up. Uh, and it says, look, man, if you're saying how we do in a four-game set in May against the Yankees as a measuring stick, it's fun for fans to look at. And when you get the playoff-like environment, you feel that added energy. But in the end, this is a six-month marathon. And at any given snapshot, whether it's the home opener, mid-May, or early July, you're probably dealing with some things that you won't be dealing with come October. Sure, maybe it's nice to get a little snapshot for where you sit at in a given point in the season. But in the end, where you end up, is all that really matters. And I understand. And, and, you know, as long as the White Sox, again, meet that expectation of winning the AL Central, I think that they're going to be fine with this year. But Rick says it in there that it's a playoff-like environment. And do you know what? Like, there's a reason why I feel like the, the champions have come out of the AL East and the NL West and obviously in the, a, the NL East too. Um, very, very good divisions because I feel like they're always playing in these tents, very, very important games. And I think that's part of why the White Sox just – don't have that punch or haven't had that punch because when they're going up against their division, they're expected to win and they're expected to have good outcomes against the Royals and guardians and twins. And it's disappointing or even furiating when they don't have that success. I just feel like they're not in playoff like atmospheres enough. I mean, we see that the, the only playoff atmosphere that you get from the white Sox is when they're actually in the playoffs and you get two games against the Astros. But outside of that, it really doesn't feel like this team has like tense, playoff like moments throughout the regular season where I think you could you know jump into a Red Sox Yankee game from last year at any point and even if they don't have a full squad or whatever 
they still have a playoff like environment. And I think that does benefit teams. I think that you really can't overlook that. Well, the White Sox have to create that for themselves. They have to create the urgency for themselves and understand that these games all matter. But put a spotlight on the Cubs series because that's your rival. Put a spotlight on the Yankees series because they're the top dog. Put a spotlight on the Astros series because they dogged you last year. Even put a spotlight on the Oakland A's from a couple of years ago because right. they beat you in that. Like, there's got to be some urgency, got to be some type of, man, we're going against this team. Yes, it's only a game in May, and we shouldn't be excited about it, or we shouldn't get extra hyped about it or put extra uh, meaning to the games. But damn it, like you just said, the Yankees go against the Red Sox 18 times or 19 times a a year. They feel it every game of those 19, and they feel the intensity, the Rays series, the Blue Jays series. You don't think they feel it right here with the White Sox? Like, oh, this uh, this young up-and-coming team, these whippersnappers who beat us in the corn game last year, we dominated them all the rest of the games, but we want to show them a little something. We want to show them that we're uh, still on top. And just like I said with the Tigers, like they saw us on the opening day. Like They want to show us that this division is not going to be a walkover. They beat us in the opening day, and then the White Sox responded back to them. It's like, hey, y'all are still little brother to us. And that's what the White Sox need to get up for these games. Enjoy the the atmosphere, the electricity that's going to be there tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, and realize that this is a measuring stick. No matter what your GM says, do the opposite. Because whatever you guys have been doing, it hasn't been working. You guys are really, really lackluster. And like it's just sad sack to get beat like this, get beat like they get beat the other day versus Cleveland. Very disappointing. Right. And you see that Alex Rue brings up the Tigers on a pace for 154 <laughs> losses uh, this year. So that's one hell of a team to you know really play a tight uh, in that series. And hey, I mean, we saw at the end of the, the series, they ended up winning 10 to one. And, and you see the twins going up against the Astros. They get swept today in a doubleheader. And you talk about creating your own adversity. You lose three straight here to the Yankees, and I, I I worry about how far far you fall down. I mean, if you lose four here to the Yankees, you're going to be 15 and 19. Four games back of being 500. You're already two games behind in the division. And I understand Minnesota just lost. Uh, you know they have a three game losing streak here. They're five and five in their last ten. Uh, it's not like they're red hot, but uh, it, it really feels like it's going to be difficult to find a win for the Sox here in this Yankees series. They got Garrett Cole as their opponent next. Game, you have uh, Garrett Cole, who's pitched two games since 2019 against the White Sox. May 22nd, 2019, he went five innings, allowed seven hits, six earned runs, one walk, and seven Ks. Uh, And then on May 22nd, 2021, seven innings pitched, four hits, no earned runs, three walks, and seven Ks. So I would be expecting a big night from Garrett Cole. But uh, you look at the the, the past history, the Sox hit him once and well in 2019, and they did uh, all right, okay, uh, against uh, him in, in 2021. The 2019 one, after that, he went on a streak where he didn't lose. Like yeah. the White Sox were like the last team to really tag him that year. And uh, they weren't even ready yet. There was a 2019 team that wasn't a champion as yet. But I think the White Sox got to go into mentality. It's like that guy puts his pants on the same way as we do. Yeah, he has fastball. He has knuckle curve. He has slider. It's going to be a tough battle. But hell, let's go out and battle. Let's understand that this is a very, very important game for us. Vince is going to go out there and give us whatever he needs. It might not be enough, but we know we're going to have to score some runs off of Garrett Cole to win this game. It won't be the Yankees getting shut down by 
scoring three or four runs versus Vince Velasquez. We're going to have to score 10 tomorrow. We're going to have to score something ridiculous to support our pitchers because they've been supporting the team for the most part the whole year. Absolutely. I would love to see the White Sox outslug the Yankees. That would be a great victory to see tomorrow. And uh, we got Alex saying Charlie Tilson hit a home run or a grand slam in that game. For you the, know, in that, that was Astros Charlie game. Tilson's only White Sox home run. Or is it really? Yeah. That's one fun stuff right there. Yeah. He's only hit one home run versus uh, the white or on a White Sox uniform. Did you also know that he went to New Cheer? I did know that. Yeah, I heard that uh, Charlie Tilson went to new chair, but thank you for uh, for reminding me. That's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox post game show. We got to let you know that Charlie Tilson is from new Trier. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us in the chat. Shout out to Mike, Alex, Zach, fake name, CNI plus uh, Jack, Sean, Fred, all you guys for hanging out. Uh, Edgar earlier. Appreciate it. Uh, Edgar, who was at the game as well. Uh, we do appreciate it. My bet was socks would be seven back when Lance returns, but I don't think it'll be that bad considering the twins are the twins. I, I think that's true too. I don't think seven back uh, will, will happen with the socks. This, the schedule does get a little bit easier and you will see, you know, the Royals four times you'll see the Cubs two more times. The White Sox should be able to take advantage of that, uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I, it's it's going to be one hell of a show on Sunday when we reconvene, Herb, and we see these two other games <laughs> against the Yankees. Uh, it might be three straight losses. It, it oh, might be, God. you know, some some shocked faces with Dallas Keuchel and Vince Velasquez twirling gems. Uh, it will be entertaining, to say the least, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday as we return with a CHGO White Sox postgame show from an air-conditioned CHGO studios. But uh, that's it for me, Herb. Anything else you got? I got nothing else. It's a depressing game to know that you're not as good as this Yankee team. I knew it before, but, you know, for them to pound it into my brain, it hurts. You don't to have get, to do that, Yankees. To get confirmation like that in a two-out eighth-inning rally where they score seven runs, uh, yeah, they didn't need to do it that like, way. Like, no one was on base. <laughs> no. Two outs, and no then one's Joe, on base, and like, okay, seven. And, <laughs> yeah, and then and then Joe Kelly put them there, uh, and that's, that's, that's what happened. I uh, want to mm. give a shout-out to Stephen Nicholas and Joey for your help on the show tonight. Joey was a uh, real clutch in helping us out with some graphics here as we did have uh, an emergency situation at the CHGO studio, so appreciate Joey and Steven's help. Vinny Duber joined us a little bit earlier in the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. That is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the CHGO underscore White Sox account at CHGO underscore White Sox. And for Fleetwood Mac and their 1979 album Tusk, we thank you very much and go Sox.